Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Getting on the Green. Hopefully you all have already listened to our first season, but if not, go on back and listen to the first one. There's a load of information in there from some awesome, awesome professionals in the real estate world. Um, The first episode of Season 2 just came out last week, so you can go back and take a listen to that if you have not yet done so. Um, But this week's episode is with a very genuine person. She is a giver and somebody who really thinks about other people and the world more than herself. And and that's something that you really don't come into contact with all too often. So I'm really excited to get going and learn a little bit about what she does and how she helps uh, the real estate world. So let's welcome in Brittany Besant. So welcome, Brittany. Thank you very much for being on the show with us. We uh, really look forward to all the information that you're going to share with us today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Craig. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, who you are other than basically where you were born and where you went to school. Right. So uh, like you said, I was uh, born and raised in Trinidad. moved when I was 14, uh, moved to Miami, went to Miami Killian, moved to Orlando for UCF, got my bachelor's in political science at UCF, and then moved back to Miami. Um, after we went to Miami, I fell into the lap of a not-for-profit organization called the Everglades Foundation. So when I did my bachelor's at UCF in political science, it was the plan was always to go to law school, and I did you know, a pre-law degree, but I never really wanted that. I wasn't completely you know, 100% into it. Um, so when I moved back, I fell into the lap of the organization, the Everglades Foundation. They're a not-for-profit that focuses on Everglades uh, conservation and restoration. And I worked with them, and I discovered this incredible world of, you know, outreach and development and fundraising and advocacy, and that was the beginning part of, like, shaping my career and where I would go in the future in terms of community involvement. So I worked with the Everglades Foundation, I worked a little bit in politics, gave that political science degree in the world, and worked a little bit in politics as an outreach director for um, Miami-Dade County Commission District 8, and then worked for another notable nonprofit, the Daring Estate Foundation, and the, the combination of those three organizations or those three entities as well as you know some of the business corporate background that I had while I was in college was a perfect fit for uh, at 28 um, back in 2017 Chambers House approached me uh, when they were looking for a new executive director to take to take over this organization take the helm here and they offered the position I've been here for uh, a little over three years and it's been really exciting and I absolutely absolutely love it. So I know we've spoken about this before, but maybe you can talk a little bit more about it. Um, So you said that you kind of not necessarily hopped around different, um, I guess, career paths, but you kind of tested the waters in a couple of different career paths. Is Is that something that you would suggest to people before they kind of go into what they truly want to do or... Um, or is that kind of a path of, you know, I'll figure it out and once I find my dream or exactly what I love, I'm going to stick to that? Because that's kind of exactly what I did. I was, again, I was a golf professional before the, before real estate and, you know, I kind of tested the waters in a couple of different manners and learned things from each of those. And now here I am in what I believe is my future and in real estate and you know, I assume that I'm going to excel in it because I have all this great wealth of information and learned experiences from other areas. Is that something that you would suggest? Absolutely. So I think it's a combination of both, right? Um, there are some people that just know what they want to do and what they want to be when mm-hmm. they grow up. And 
you know, more power to them. That's amazing. And they can pursue that and just be so happy. Uh, I think it's really difficult to ask someone at 18 years old to pick the course of the rest of your life. I agree with that. And so you need to have that experience. You need to test the waters. Um, I will be completely honest with you. I just didn't know about this whole world of development, fundraising, and outreach, advocacy, community involvement. Like, I just didn't know that existed. And when I discovered it, um, I would say relatively early on in my career, I was so thrilled because it was such a perfect fit for who I am and what I want to do and the, the legacy that I want to have and the way that I want to impact change and the mark that I want to leave on the world. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit of a combination of both because if you know what you want to do, great, that's amazing. Um, but a lot of people just need that time to figure it out. Um, another thing that we wanted to do here at Chamber South, and of course, you know, we're going to talk about coronavirus and how it's impacted everything, but one of the events that I wanted to put on is you always hear about like job fairs, right? But something that I wanted to do is work really close with all of our, our business partners and talk about career exploration fairs. So get our high school or even some of our college students to like partner with a university or a couple of universities and host this like career exploration. So bring in our business partners and give them the opportunity to talk to you know, some of our students and our youth about what the options are and what the paths are that they can take. And, you know, again, you may not know that this amazing field exists and this is kind of like what you want to do. And the earlier you figure that out or the more, the more you can test those waters early on and figure that out, the better chance you have of, you know, finding your passion and what you really, really, really love and working towards it for the rest of your life. I think that's a really cool idea. And, I mean, I've gone to... Uh, once I once I was getting out of the golf world, I, I definitely went to a couple of job fairs. But like you said, it, I mean, they they are truly, or from the ones that I went to, they were truly just places where you can meet the person in the field, basically that you're trying to go into and get a job from them or not get a job from them. I mean, it wasn't as much of like this is this field and this is this field and here's somebody who's going to talk about it. You don't have to feel embarrassed asking them anything about it because they don't expect that you're going to apply there or not. They're just here to give you information. So that's pretty cool. Um, so let's pivot a little bit. Uh, you mentioned Chamber South. What is Chamber South? So Chamber South is a local chamber of commerce. We're a 501 c organization. There are quite a few chambers of commerce in Miami-Dade County because it's such a large area that there are quite a few, but we work very collaboratively together as a group called the Coalition of Chambers. Uh, so we're a chamber of commerce. We serve as the geographic area of South Miami, Pinecrest, Palmetto Bay, Cutler Bay, and Kentville. So we're one of the larger chambers of commerce. We've been around for almost 90 years. Um, and a chamber of commerce is really just an organization. People have a really, a, a, I think, knowledgeable understanding exactly what a chamber is. We don't, um, at least the way that it's structured here in Miami, because of so many partners that we have, our role here in Miami-Dade County, Chamber South, is to represent the businesses of the greater South Dade area. So we don't help people start businesses. You need to go to the state Florida for that. We don't attract businesses to the, the region. The Beacon Council does that. We don't work on visitor center information or, or tourism. The GMCB does that. Um, what we help do is we help promote and help you grow and market your business. Our goal is to make sure that you do business with your neighbor and keep your keep your dollars local. We promote local economic growth and development. We want to help our small businesses. We are the small business champion. So we serve to do that. We serve three pillars. We serve business to business pillar where we connect our businesses together so that they can do business together. Business to government. Make sure that our uh, business owners are closely connected to our elected officials and our, our decision makers. And then business to community, making sure that the residents of the area know the what. what 
what businesses are available, what local businesses are available, how to support them, um, and you know, fostering that corporate social responsibility with our businesses so that everything stays in local, local community development, community development, and local economic development. That's what we talk about. Shop, eat, drink, die local. <laughs> okay, so that kind of brings up a, a question of. Are these businesses that aren't a part of Chamber South being promoted also if you're saying, you know, shop local, this and that, or are you only kind of highlighting the businesses and the individuals who are members of Chamber South? So up until recently, yes, I mean, as a member, you know, because it is a membership-based organization, there is a fee to be a part of, of the Chamber, so we do, you know, do more work uh-huh, Can you, can you talk a little bit more about uh, basically the differences or let's say the major differences between Chamber South pre and post COVID? Like what are some of the biggest things you've seen that um, or that you're seeing moving forward that are the biggest changes due to COVID? Okay, so can you identify uh, if there are any any opportunities that COVID has presented to Chamber South? Like, are there some things that you couldn't do before, but now all of a sudden due to COVID, you can do it or something along those lines that, you know, COVID opened the doors to maybe reaching more people who didn't know about your uh, organization um, before versus now? Um, 
now we don't have that where we're not we're not charging fees to attend these events. So now you have all the information. It's convenient. It's accessible. It's free. Um, so it's definitely broadened our audience, and that's been huge. And like I said, we continue to pivot and adapt and evolve to the needs of our community. So not to like plug anything, but we are actually hosting a mass distribution at the end of the month with Miami Dade College because one of the things that we're doing right now is to promote, you know, facial coverings. You need to just listen to the experts and, and do as they advise. So we're distributing fifty thousand masks to the community, completely free, drive-through event, very similar to like, you know, a free distribution. Um, but again, this is one of those ways that we just, we hit a broader audience because it's not just reserved for our members or for businesses. It's for anyone in the community, you know, can come and receive this benefit. So that's, that's, that's really great. Um, and is that through donations or through the membership dues? Like how, how does an organization like this you know, provide a free uh, resource like this? So through our partners, uh, we actually did receive that from the Florida Department of Health. They had a surplus of masks and they reached out to multiple community partners throughout the state of Florida and said, hey, we have the surplus and we need to we need to distribute them. So we'll send them to you and you give them out in your area. It's a great so program. Completely free of charge for us and we pass those benefits along to our community. I mean, we are, the chambers are connectors. So that's really like we're, I mean, like we're kind of like the middle person where we just connect you to whatever it is you need, businesses, to information, community, to resources. We're, we're the connector. Okay. So um, what types of businesses, if you can give a, I guess, a broad range um, are part of Chamber South or do you have, you know, more of one thing versus the other, you know, is it mostly like entrepreneurial companies versus, you know, big uh, national brands, you know, what, what are, what are you? What types of businesses are involved with Chamber Self? So I get asked that question a lot, um, and we are so diverse. You know, we have our big community uh, pillars and community partners. We have those huge organizations, but we are the small business champion. So we have a lot of small businesses, um, but it's so diverse. We don't have just, you know, a, a, a majority of any one particular industry or field. But when you take a look, and I don't know if it's because of my experience in not-for-profit that I just have been able to cultivate this, but when you look, when you take a dive into our membership directory, we have a lot of not-for-profit organizations. But that being said, when you look into the not-for-profit organizations and you break down that category, it's across the board, everything from environmental to healthcare to animals to education to children so it's so 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 diverse and that's what's great about chamber south is just you're not going to walk into you know a room of lawyers or bankers or realtors it's, it's very 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 diverse um so it's a great a great group to be part of so what are you all doing to promote these companies i guess uh, are you do you send out like email blasts, deals of the day, or something along those lines? Like, what what do you what do you guys do? Because you said you're like a networking and you know, I guess media uh, company than the middleman. So, what what do you guys do to promote? Absolutely. So yes, we're again everything's virtual and digital and online. So um, we send out a newsletter every single week that we again before it was just you know members send us your promotion, send us what it is you're doing. Now we've opened up to the entire community. If you want to send us something to in our newsletter that reaches over 10,000 subscribers, please do. So we have a huge newsletter that comes out every single week. We do social media campaigns. Um, we make sure that we, we continue to do virtual events. So we have the opportunity for um, our members and for the business community to network virtually at least once a month and then to have a speaker 
uh, discuss relevant issues at least once a month. So we're still doing those virtual events, um, and those events are uh, available to be sponsored. You can be a sponsor of those events. So that's a great way for an organization that really wants to get in front of a group of people and a captive audience um, to, to have that opportunity. But there, again, everything, un unfortunately, with COVID, just in the, the age that we live in, everything's online. So we really maximize that. So how do you view uh, the PPP and other business incentives uh, that were created recently uh, by the government and other, I guess, governmental um, assistance or incentives? How, how do you all view those? And um, yeah, what do, you, what do you guys think of that? Hugely supportive, hugely supportive. It's been such a lifeline for so many of our small businesses. We be funding, idle funding, um, grant programs of MD County, just very locally. They're doing United Way, Beacon Council, all have opportunities, career source. I mean, there's just so many options out there. And that's, again, our role is to inform our members and inform our community what the, the information, the resources they have available. But it is just, I know for a fact that it has, you know, saved so many of our small businesses and prevented them from having to close their doors. So it's been a huge, huge, huge help. And we're extremely supportive and we're going to keep promoting um, a lot of these grant and funding programs as they become available. So this leads me into another question. How how or what type of relationship actually do you have with government lobbyists this and that that assist or um i guess protect businesses uh from changing laws or things like that yeah so part of our business to government pillar is making sure that we have really strong relationships with our elected officials and those um individuals that hold office so especially when you know, when we were at the beginning of this pandemic and everyone was just really confused as to what was going on and what to expect, we did multiple town hall events and, you know, co collaborative coalition events where we had, you know, the mayors, the congresswomen, state representatives, senators, anyone that you can think of. Um, we had them on, the, on, on these Zoom meetings to talk directly to our members and to our business community so they can have a direct line of communication, ask the questions that they want to, you know, hear specific answers to and get that information. So we keep those relationships very, very, very strong. That's part of our role in the community. Um, so then that's just been such a huge help for our businesses to have the opportunity to speak directly with their elected officials. Yeah, that is a great opportunity. So, so what does Chamber South do to um, ensure sustainability or the survival of businesses? Um, is that something that you're involved in at all, or is it just something you're kind of on the side helping to, I guess, create a platform for them to survive, or are you more, you know, hands-on with the survival of the overall businesses and members within your organization? I will say that we're, like, we're really hands-on. Again, our role is to provide information and resources as much as possible. We're the connectors. So if you're having an issue with, you know, SBA funding, we're going to connect you directly to the district director of the SBA, and they're going to help you. Um, that's, that's really what we are. We're here to help and provide support. Um, we're as hands-on as we need to be for the businesses that come to us for that help. So a lot of, if someone calls me up and they have a problem or they have an issue, I will be able to connect them to the entity and the organization that can help them. Um, but that's just something people just don't know that we do or a service that we offer or provide. It's really easy to give me a call and say, you know, people call about just about every SBA funding. A lot of people call about unemployment. Uh, questions and issues, and we have the direct contacts of who 
you can speak with to actually get these issues resolved. So um, we're here, we're available to do all of that, but a lot of people just don't know that we do that. So it's our job to promote that more, right? All the things that the chamber does. so, so what other types of educational resources do you all provide? Or does it come down to, let's say I am a member of your organization. Do I have to physically call and find out, I guess, something that I need to know? Or are there other sorts of resources and websites that you all provide where I can potentially find the answer without having to contact you all? And, and social media, et cetera, et cetera. So when we are hosting events and um, educational Zoom meetings, we let our members know, for example, and it's all relevant to what's happening. So yes, even though like COVID's on the forefront of everyone's minds back in June, we're like, okay, but a hurricane season's coming. So you guys need to know what's happening there too. And I know no one wants to talk about that or think about that, but it's, it's a reality for us that live here in Florida. So we have the director of National Hurricane Center come on a Zoom, jump on a Zoom call with us and chat with our members about what to expect for the hurricane season. So we keep it very relevant. We promote those things. One thing that I try to do, specifically since I've taken over with Chamber South, is I love to have a conversation with every new member that joins so that they can, I can sit down with them. I can find out what it is that they're looking for, what their needs are, why they're joining the organization, how we can really help them accomplish their goals and establish that line of communication so that they feel comfortable calling me and asking me questions and reaching out. Um, and that's really one of the ways that Chamber South is, we've been told we're different from the other chambers, is that we're very, very, very warm and friendly and open and inviting and it's easy to just call me or email me or get a hold of me and have those conversations. So. And uh if uh, Brittany allows, which I assume she will, all of her uh, contact information will be um, below the actual podcast in the information and description section. So you all can look there and find her information, call her, um, bother her, see what she has to say. <laughs> um, so, so let me read an excerpt from uh, the Chamber South mission statement, which I think is amazing. I think it's... Um, very, very telling of economy as a whole, uh, definitely about the world we live in right now. But uh, let me read this and I want, I want uh, you to kind of elaborate on it a little bit. Without jobs, there's no commerce. Without commerce, there's an erosion of education, recreation, families, the arts, and safety. Uh, so elaborate on that because that, that definitely hits home with me. I 100% agree with that. Uh, so, you know, hopefully you can slightly speak further upon uh, that statement that's in the mission statement. Right. So Chambers of Commerce, again, at the core, they are community-based organizations. We, we support. This is this is the place where you, you know, live, work, and play. We want to make sure that all of the pillars to support that are strong. And so we want to promote and support all of our businesses that provide our jobs. We want to support our nonprofit organizations that provide additional services. We want to, this is our community. We need to be, we need to be invested in our community. We need to have people, like again, and I'll talk about my board in a second, but we need to have people that care about our community that want to invest in and want to give back and want to see it grow and flourish and prosper. And we're a conduit able to do all of that. So if you want to get involved and you want to make a difference in your community, whether it's on the business side or it's on the nonprofit side, however it may whatever it may be and whatever your passion is, we'll find a spot for you. We'll connect with those organizations. If you want to be an active 
member of your community give back so that you can protect this, this area that we you know live, work, and play and love for future generations. That's what we want to ensure. Um, and to in line with that, my board of directors, which I haven't spoken about yet, which I, I try not to speak about because I'll just talk forever about them because they're awesome. Um, they're all a volunteer board of directors. So I have 20 board members. They're all a volunteer board of directors. They're absolutely incredible, and I couldn't do the job that I do today if I didn't have their support. I always say that no one ever accomplishes anything alone, and that's completely true. Chambers are as strong as it is. It's been around for as long as it has, as it has been because of the individuals in our community that volunteer their time and efforts because they believe in the mission of the organization. They believe in what it is that we do. They think it's the right thing to do. It is this right thing to do. And they support us. They support our local economy. They support our local community. They support our local nonprofit organizations. And they just want to make a difference. And that's a, a great thing to have is people who are in it for the right reasons. Um, so, and especially putting them in leadership positions. Uh, and uh, you as the main example of that who just wants to see basically a better world than uh, we came into it as. Um, so as a leader of, a, of your organization, um, in the world we're in now, although the uh, protests and uh, things like that are somewhat winding down, um, the issue of equality is not something that should wind down. Um, what are you doing as a leader to ensure basically equal opportunity or whatever whatever term you want to use, equality, e equity, whatever you want to use in your organization. What are you doing to ensure that uh, everybody has an equal say or opportunity? Absolutely. We actually use the term, I think, like multicultural workforce. If okay. Multicultural workforce. <laughs> That's like the... No, hey, I mean, I've heard a bunch of different terms used, so... Yes, correct. So we actually... Um, Every year, we honor, we, we identify and honor businesses in our community that promote multicultural workforces, that promote corporate social responsibility, that promote innovation and technology. We do this through our Business Excellence Awards. So we have multiple categories, and we encourage our businesses and our organizations to apply for these, but it promotes, like, I think what it does is, if you're a business and you're like, oh, I never really even thought about, you know, multicultural workforce, it, it brings it to the forefront of your mind. Um, so we honor those businesses every year, and it's been it's been huge. It's been really well received because it is a you know it is a, a badge of honor. It's, you know you have been recognized by your local chamber of commerce as being a leader in having multicultural workforce, corporate social responsibility, innovation and technology, and a slew of other categories. But those are the ones that are most relevant to your question. Um, so we definitely we definitely encourage and promote that. We have that here at Chamber South. We have a very diverse team. Our board is extremely diverse and I talk a lot about my board because they really are the heartbeat of the organization um, but making sure that there is diversity and equal opportunity on our board so if you look on our board it's, com it's completely diverse in every way shape and form um, and I'm extremely proud of that because it's not something that you it's harder it's kind of easier to find but it's still it's still um, something to be very proud of okay so you've mentioned your board uh who else stands behind chamber south uh what what type of membership do you have uh who who who's there that potentially isn't a board member but you know is an employee or something along those lines uh talk a little bit about that so it's myself and a team of three other people typically i mean COVID's really kind of shifted that a lot so um Usually it's myself and three other people, and I have a 20-member board, and then we have 500 members across that service area that I mentioned earlier, so I think I'm going to be Kendall. 
Um, that being said, you know, obviously we have we engage with a much broader group of people, but the organizations that have paid to be a member of the Baltic Chamber South gets about 500. Okay, and do these businesses or individuals, do they have to uh, go through some sort of vetting process or is it if they want to be involved, you know, all they have to do is reach out to you and, you know, start that? Absolutely. If they want to be involved, all they have to do is reach out to you and obviously be like an established, reputable business. Um, but yes, there's no, there's, there's an application, but it's not a vetting process. We, we encourage people to apply. A lot of people, okay, so it's a great segue into, a lot of people think that they have to have a business in that geographic service area, and you don't. We have members that are in Doral, that are in, you know, Brickle. Um, it just means that you want to do business with the businesses that are here in South Miami, Pinecrest, Miami, Color Bay, Kendall. So you don't actually have to have your your offices here. Um, it does make it easier, but if you're willing to engage our organization, you don't have to physically have an address here, which is what a lot of people think. That being said, there are multiple chambers of commerce, like I mentioned earlier, across Miami-Dade County. So our neighbors to the north, the Coral Gables Chamber of Commerce, our neighbors to the south are um, the Southgate Chamber of Commerce, and they serve as Homestead in Florida City. And we make sure that we keep those lines of communication very open. So if someone comes to me and they're like, hey, you know, I have a law office in, in Coral Gables. I'm like, well, there is a Coral Gables Chamber of Commerce. And I, I, I feel obligated to tell you that, just so you know your options. Um, and, and sometimes they know, and they, they're either a member of both, because you can be a member of multiple chambers mm-hmm. of commerce. They are like, well, yes, I have my office in Coral Gables, but my demographic is really kind of what you service. So there's a lot of different reasons why, but um, our chambers work very collaboratively together, and COVID's really promoted that collaboration. And one thing that I want to make very, very, very clear, because a lot of people think this, the Chambers of Commerce across Miami-Dade County are not competitors. We are partners. We work very closely together. We provide the same things, the same resources, the same information. We want the same things, which is different pockets of Miami-Dade County. But we all come together to make sure that the message is the same, the information is the same, the resources are the same. Because at the end of the day, we have the same mission. We just want to make sure that we promote economic growth and development and local community involvement. Okay, so what is the future of Chamber South? What do, what do we see a year, five years, ten years down the line? What what are, what are we going to look like? God, you know, Craig, if I had that magic crystal ball, <laughs> I, would look at the I, I don't know. And I don't know if that's, you know, it, it really depends on how you look at it. I think it's exciting. I think this is like a huge reset on, on kind of everything. And it's an opportunity to really think outside the box and do things differently. Chambers of Commerce and them in their also just thought it as being, thought of as being very like an old-fashioned thing there was a time believe it or not where um you know in order to be considered a reputable business you have to have a stamp from a local chamber of commerce like i'll have a chamber a chamber member and that means that i'm you know a reputable business and i'm something you should do business with a lot's changed recently in the past 20 or 30 years you don't need that anymore so this is a great opportunity not just for for chamber south but chambers across Miami county and, and the state and the country to kind of pivot and really look at what they're providing to the members and, and how we can continue to stay relevant in an ever-changing business world. So that being said, I, I don't know. The Chamber's been around for 90 years and we're strong. We're not going anywhere. We've been consistently providing programming and information and resources throughout this entire pandemic and we will continue to, like I said, adapt and evolve as we need to to make sure that we're still serving our community. But we're going to be in a year from now. I don't know. I know that we're still going to be active community partners. We're going to be doing everything that we can to help our businesses. Um, and, and that's really just our mission and our goal is to make sure that our community and our businesses stay strong. And, and there's something to be said for an organization that throughout 
something like COVID, um, you all were still relevant and around and providing resources, you know, other people or other businesses were scrambling around saying, okay, what can I find to help me? While you guys were sitting there saying, what can we do to help you? So that's, that's an interesting uh, standpoint to be at. And uh, I mean, as a citizen of Miami-Dade County and, you know, a benefactor of the businesses that you help serve, I'd like to say thank you for that. getting towards the end of our time. The time flew by very quickly. I uh, want to say thank you ag again for uh, speaking with us. Uh, you gave out great information, uh, insights into South Florida business and um, chambers in general that I certainly uh, didn't know before. So I, I appreciate that. I want to thank you for coming on. And uh, my on, on behalf of my listeners, I'd like to say thank you as well. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. And anytime, we're always happy to help. So thank you for listening to this episode of Getting on the Green. Uh, we learned a, a good amount about the resources that are available to us in each of our cities uh, through Chambers of Commerce and, and other associations such as Brittany's. Next week, we have an awesome episode coming out as well. It is with a guest, I, I won't reveal who it is, but it is with a well-known guest who is a motivator and a well-known um, speaker when it comes to businesses. So you, you're not going to want to miss this. You're going to want to you know, block out a little bit of time, maybe on your way to work or some other time, where you can really sit down and listen to what he has to say because um, I truly enjoyed listening to it and learning from him uh, when recording, and it was great. So we will see you next week on the green.